This is why people don't, they, they like to keep people dumb, right? To keep you down. Because once you start getting educated on certain things, you know, then you start to speak out. Like, hold up, that's not right. Because now I know what's up, right? Just yep. like how Black Americans, Blacks were kept as slaves, and then segregation, Jim Crow, right? Uh, and, and, whenever, and whenever people wanted to, if they didn't like it, right? A, a group of white men in hoodies, or not even with, with hoodies, can go with some torches and go hang somebody for some stupid shit, right? Just hang them because I feel like it. That well, well, the same thing happened with Native Americans. That's the only reason why people like me and you exist, Armando, because we're mixed with Native American and our Spanish colonizers, right? Yeah, because we because we spoke different languages, and then they the Spanish conquest happened. So that's why we all speak Spanish now. So technically, right? My point is that. African-Americans, Blacks don't know their heritage. They don't know where they come from in Africa because that, their culture got taken away from them, their identity, which is something that is important to all people. Well, we technically, me and you have our culture, but we have our culture due to colonization, yep. right? Because we didn't speak Spanish before. People forget that Latinos are Native Americans mixed with, mixed with uh, uh, colonizers, right? And you, mentioned, and you mentioned Christopher Columbus too. That's, that's, that's the point I'm trying to get to, right? Well, he came and he, and he killed off all the Native Americans with disease or, or you know, or, or um, the brute force. Uh, yeah, you know, uh, however, what, everything that they did, bro, just treating them all wrong. People forget about that stuff and, and, and they want to keep, oh, well, that's in the past. Well, no, it's not. It's that happened in the past. And that's how this future that we're living in got created based off those principles, which is why these other things also need to change in order for us to move forward as a whole society, not just particular people in the society moving forward and doing better. No, 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 no. Hold up. What about us? What about us? And they're like, ah, oh, well, that's old stuff. Don't worry about it. You're bringing up the past. I'm bringing up the past because the system that we're living in now was created for you, not for us which is creating advancement and opportunities for you and maybe gives us a little piece of the pie, some crumbs. Here, here you go. Now that you've got these crumbs, I need you to shut up now and mind your business. Essentially. That's what it is. Cause honestly, like the going back to the Christopher Columbus thing, that's where the, that's where the miss, the, the, 
the misinformation with uh, Native Americans becoming Indians started. Yeah. That's where it came from. Because, because the idiot landed in the wrong part of the world and he called all the Native Americans Indians. Mm-hmm. So it's one of those things where like misinformation just goes a long way. And when we were, when we were growing up, we were raised like, why the hell is this guy a hero? <laughs> like, remember like when we were kids? Well, well, when we were kids, Christopher Columbus was a man and he discovered America. That's what we we're taught in school. Yes. Right? They, they changed the narrative to how they see fit. So we can, so we can, um, you know, really look at this guy like, wow, he's cool. He found America. And then we, and when we're older, we find out the real story. We're like, hold up, hold up. <clears throat> it was glorious. Yeah, there's something, there's something you said earlier about how uh, America likes to keep each other stupid. Um, and <laughs> a lot of that, for me, a lot of that has to deal with, you know, uh, like you were saying, funding and stuff and redlining and uh, having certain communities that have more money than other communities uh, for school and education. And if you notice, like, because of redlining, um, a lot of colored communities don't have as much funding for their schooling and um, education compared to, you know, these white and privileged communities. Uh, also, with that, uh, you know, when we do go to school, you know, it, it, I'm not saying don't go to school because school is really important and it, it's really, you know, it's really good for you and you should know the shit that you're learning. But when we do go to school, specifically like elementary school, uh, you know, a lot of the stuff we learned is doctrinized for us to learn about white history. Like black history didn't start until slavery started in our history, you know? And uh, Native Americans didn't start until, what's it called until Christopher Columbus, Christopher Columbus came to America or whatever, you know? And um, if we are able to adjust that way of learning to where we're learning about all of society and everybody in a way where, you know, it's, it's all of our, all of our history, it, it would be a easier way of, you know, being a community, being a society as a whole. Um, but yeah, like even with Asians, like it didn't happen until the white man went to Asia, you know? <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> the Latinos, it wouldn't happen until uh, until the Spanish conquest. And yeah. That was like a little blip in, in, in history. It wasn't even. A... Well, you, you know, you know what's funny about that, too? So I was watching because uh, sometimes I watch these things. I watch like particular documentaries like on YouTube. Where they talk about like world exploration right world history actually the first people that came to the americas right other than the native americans that were already here but the first travelers were african sailors off off the west coast of africa they came they traded with the native americans and they and they had already um uh, established um trade policies and things like that for goods that's where you go back and this is this is one of the theories, but but they but they found some evidence of it. I don't remember exactly what it is. You guys got to look it up yourselves. But they found some um, some evidence of it, which are the um, the Olmecs. The Olmecs are the oldest known Native Americans in like Central America and like Mexico region, where they had stat 
statues of these big heads that kind of look Native American, but look kind of African too as well, right? And what they're thinking is they were honoring their um, African trade partners that came over and started trading goods with them at, for back in the day before Christopher Columbus came. When if you look at it, where Christopher Columbus came from, his, his route, route that when he came to the Caribbean first, I believe he landed like somewhere in Puerto Rico first, right? Before he came to the Caribbean, well, that distance from there, or even for that distance from where he came from Spain or Portugal to, um, to New York or the East Coast of US is further than Africa would be to come to the Caribbean, the West Coast of Africa to the Caribbean or to uh, Central America. That's closer. So it's a theory that they have and they're looking into to the history books and there's evidence to suggest that with artifacts that they're fi finding and stuff like this. So makes sense. That, people, I mean, I, people always wonder how Easter Island was constructed. So who knows? That's probably who knows, man. I mean, there's there's a lot of stuff that we don't know. And and in all fairness, you know, like nobody knows. So, we're, you know, these are theories. But when things are taught purposefully to try to make you think a certain way, like Johnny L was talking about in school, that's a whole different thing, right? Because they're purposely leaving certain things out that they don't want to teach us. Yes. Right. Because if you go back into the history books, who, who discovered this? Who did that? The white man, the white man, the white man, the white man. Right. Yeah. The world, the world was flat before the white man said it was round. I mean, all kinds, all kinds of stuff, bro. Like, you know, like uh, other, other cultures don't get credit for things that they should get credit for. However, I will say that, um, archaeologists uh, are now coming up with new findings and they're actually giving credit to these other civilizations, right? Like the Mayans, the Aztecs, some Middle Eastern civilizations, some African civilizations, um, some Asian civilization, like they're actually giving credit for them now. But those are, those are people that we would consider allies and they're educated people. And they don't look at people for color or what region you come from. We're all the human race. You, you feel what I'm saying? Yeah, we just happen to grow in different, grow up in different parts of the world, but we're all human. So that's how they look at it because they're educated people. So we're all we're all one beautiful planet cultivated with a bunch of different cultures, and I think that's how we all should look at it. You know? Yeah, I agree. Um, you like you said, uh, we're all the human race. Like if you look at, uh, if you look at the map and how it's round, like if you think about it. Uh, the higher you are up in the map and the lower you are up in the map, uh, the lighter your skin tone would be. And mm -hmm. the closer you come to the center, the darker your skin tone would be. And that's only because the distance you are away from the sun. And uh, that's basically how we determined race, <laughs> which is really funny and really weird. It's, it's kind of it's kind of crazy, right? Like that's what yeah. like that's what makes people so different, I guess. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, nobody's really white. Nobody's really black. We're all different shades of brown. Mm -hmm. All different shades of brown. Yeah, so, I mean, we're, we're like, you know, we're a, we're a lot more similar than we are different. Of, you know, I mean, but if you, if you really look at our core, at everything, right? There's so many different religions. Why do we have religion? If you really look at why we have religions, whatever your religion is, it's because it makes us feel safe it brings peace to us we practice something we have community right we have a god or multiple gods that we pray to when we feel in need 
right? It's like a psychological and emotional thing for us. Doesn't matter what religion you believe in, right? It goes back to that psychological need, man. The sense of belonging, right? Yeah. That's really what it goes back to. At our core, human beings are way more similar than we are different. And you got to be willing to look at those similarities. You know what I'm saying? That's all it really is. It's really what it is. And there's so much that, that goes into it that, that if you have to be, I remember in high school, we, we learned all this stuff. I was like, it, it was, it was fascinating, right? Like a lot of like, you learn about like the history, you learn about the Spanish conquest, you learn about the World War II, you will learn about the depression, but you never learn about, it wasn't until I got to college that I really started, like, I remember thinking to myself, it's like, man, I, I'm, I'm so proud of being Nicaraguan. I didn't know shit about it, though. I didn't know anything about it, right? I didn't know it was like over there in Nicaragua. And it wasn't until I got to college and I started taking all these Latin American classes and I started realizing why people came up here. There, we got some, so there's a lot of corruption down there in Latin America, dude, like Mexico, Nicaragua, Guatemala, all of it, man. There's a ton of it. And you you don't really see it until you act like I remember studying that. I was like, wow, this is like I didn't what I didn't know until then. Actually, I knew it in high school, but I learned more about it later on was that there was a dictatorship in Nicaragua from the from 1934 until 1980 or 1979, I believe. So the Samosa family was the one that ran it. And it got really and it got really corrupted to when they had an earthquake in 72 that they the the dictator of Nicaragua he took all the money that the US sent as a relief. Hmm. And that's how it was, man. Like it and but the thing that was crazy though, I was talking with and, and you know, we talk about how there's differences, but we also have to have understanding. So in our opinion. The way we look at it, like he's like, I'm sure that you guys are like, man, that's fucked up, man. I, that's horrible to live under, right? And it is. However, I had some family members that I had talked to about it from that time and onward. And they were okay with some of that. Especially the the first one, the father. With the dictatorship? Yeah, they were okay with the first part of it. They didn't like the they didn't like uh they liked Anastasia Somoza Garcia, the, the father, mm -hmm. but they didn't like Anastasia Somoza de Baile, which is the son. Mm -hmm. He was more ruthless. He would kill people with no, with no um, questions, remorse, no questions. It was like, all right, give us, give us this person. If not, then we're gonna kill your sister, your brother. We're gonna kidnap somebody else, and we're gonna kill all of them. Let me ask you this, because you brought up a really good point, right? Yeah. I, I'm going to be real. I don't know much about it. Maybe you would. Yeah. But I do know one thing, and I'll, and I'll say it after. Yeah. Why was the U.S. sending Nicaragua money to help with, with the relief? What, what, in, what vested interest did they have with that? Well, one of the things that happened was that uh, one of the reasons why Nicaragua actually got along well with the U.S. government was because they they express support for the U.S. Mm -hmm. The thing is, they did it under a condition, though. 
we, we support the U.S. They can do whatever they want. We're, we're, we're firmly behind them as long as they don't interfere with how I run my country. So when you mean support them, you mean like in world wars and stuff, like we're on their side if they need us? They wanted to be on, they were on good terms with the U.S. government. So the powers that be, they were on good terms with them. Okay, because I do know that the, U, the U.S., um, I mean, it is what it is, but um, I do know that the U.S. likes to meddle in a lot of people's affairs. And the U.S. has exploited a lot of Latin American countries. Yes, they for, have. For our resources. They've, they've, they've done it to Mex. They've done it to a lot of Central American countries. I think Nicaragua is one of them. They've done it to some Central, to some South American countries as well. Um, and, you know, basically, like, because Latin American countries, uh, you know, obviously on this side, um, we don't have the the power, the structure, military structure to go up against them. So we just got to be like, okay, you know, do what you want, but just don't meddle in my affairs in, my, in how I run my country. And they're like, cool, all right. But they exploited us for a lot of resources. Yeah, so they, they, did, they did that a lot. And uh, so, yeah, the earthquake happened and Delilah was just, he, he did whatever the fuck he wanted, man. He would he literally, um, if he was looking, if he didn't have any connections to the government, if you had connections to the government, you were left alone. You were left alone. But if you didn't, um, you were at risk of being hunted down. Yeah, I, I guess the reason why I brought that up is because you know how you said that's why a lot of people from Latin America migrated to the U.S. Yeah. Right? Because it's the country to go to. The reason why our countries have a lot of corruption is because of that money that the U.S. was sending, and it had to do with a lot of different reasons, but exploitation is one of them so they send our government money government keeps it because they're already corrupt because of all that stuff so they basically set up the migration of latin america to us because of, because of exploiting latin america's resources um corrupting the government now that that also has to do with though each country's government choosing to be corrupted but when you don't have any money you're going to take what you can right especially when another country is exploiting your resources, and which which they didn't which they didn't then serve to the communities and the people, and the people said, "Damn, there's nothing for me here. I am dirt poor, right?" Because if you're exploiting a country's resources, that resource now becomes cheaper, right? Cheap labor in that country, and people aren't getting paid the same. So they're like, "We gotta leave. What's the what's where's the closest place that we can go to where we can actually, you know, build something, right?" And you hear about you know, el sueño americano. The American dream. Yeah. So, all right, cool. I'm going to start going to the U.S. Boom. So they kind of created that whole migration, which I'm not. I'm not too upset about. That's why I'm here. That's why we're here. But well, there's here's the thing. There's so much that goes into that too, because there I is that was in certain parts of Central America. It was they called it the hermano blanco. So there'd be like a white handprint on the on the door of your house. What it would signal was. You have 24 hours to leave, or we're going to come and kill you, or basically we're going to come and get you. Mm -hmm. And when that door, when that when that handprint would appear in your house, it was you picked up and you left right away. There was no, you left to the next country, or you go to the USA. You the USA. It was literally, and it could have happened at any time. It could have happened at any time. They could, like they they just they they would 
put out a notice that's like, hey, we're looking for your sister. Now, this is the this is the government of those countries? The government of those countries, yeah. Yeah. And the military would just come in, white hand, bam, right at the door. And if you had that, if you saw that white pet, that handprint, it was time to leave. Well, why did that happen, Armando? Do you know, do you know the, the stuff behind it? I don't know all the stuff behind it. But I do know that because I've, I've taken those Latin American classes and some of them were told by the people that it happened to. Mm-hmm. And I remember one of the guest speakers, she was saying, because she said that she was about six years old when it happened. And she was there, with, she presented with her sister. Her sister was a little older. She was about 14 when it happened. Mm-hmm. And the older sister said that when, it ha- when they were aware of what was happening for a while and they knew that it could happen, but they weren't sure if um, they weren't sure if they had to move. The thing that the reason why, and the she she said that she had an idea that she was going to to have to move because she she knew that her family didn't have a relationship with the government. Mm, okay. So because of that, they knew that it was a possibility, but that when it happened, that they were terrified, and they immediately just left for for the U.S. And they said that, and they said that that was one of the. It it literally happened like last minute. They didn't. They couldn't plan it out. They literally just had to go on and find the coyote. They had to. They just got sneaked into the U.S. and they were living at the time, I think, in Arizona. It was really, it was really surreal to hear that. It was really it's one of the, the cool, not cool things, but it's one of the cool things about going to state or at least SF State, yeah. was that we had, I think, the first ethnic studies college where we were able to learn about our heritage and places that that we grew up in, you know, the culture we grew up in. Yeah, that's how and, uh, <clears throat> great program. Like, yeah, for me, it was really cool being able to learn about, like, the Asian side of my family. And um, basically, my heritage in San Francisco specifically um which kind of you know <clears throat> sorry helped us talk about you know government and how we can make a difference within our government and basically by protesting and um, talking to people in power and obviously for certain cultures and certain places um, that aren't America like it's a little harder to do that yeah. but um, because we're here and where we're at, uh, you know, it's not, it's not as hard for us to try to make that difference. And I feel like when it comes to other countries, the, the U S have, um, a lot of influence based off of what we tend to do, um, and what other countries decide they're going to do because of what we do mm. uh, and crazy. yeah it, it's crazy in my opinion and if we are able to make a change for equality you know there's a possibility that you know other countries and other places will follow along with that change yeah i think right it's i think the u.s influence honestly overall has been bigger than it, than it appeared the last 
the last couple of decades. I don't think it's as big as it was in say the from the forties to the seventies or the eighties. But mm-hmm. there's definitely more. The U.S. is definitely more vulnerable right now. I think right now we're probably uh, we're probably more of a a joke among other countries right now, especially with how this COVID nineteen. Which no. <laughs> so before we get to that, also I wanted to get your thoughts on Blue Lives Matter, man. Mm. Yikes. <laughs> <laughs> this one. So uh, this is one of the arguments that you know my friend that was that I was talking about earlier brought up to me um, about the Black Lives Matter movement and a movement for change. Um, there is a thing you mentioned earlier about Santa Monica and the way that they were protesting. Um, yeah. Those police cars that were broken in the middle of intersections were actually planted there before the protests began. And um, people talking about how Blue Lives Matter. Well, bruh. All, in a sense, yes, it's a true statement. All lives matter, but you can't equate somebody's occupation to somebody's life because, like, you're saying that Blue Lives Matter more than Black Lives Matter. Well, you know, I'm sorry, I can't take the color of my skin off when I come home and not be black anymore. I have to go out in the world and be black every day when an officer who wears a blue uniform can go home basically whenever he wants, take off his uniform and not be an officer anymore, not be a blue, a blue life anymore. He can just walk out on the street and nobody would even guess that they were an officer. Like I have a few friends that are officers that you would never even think they were officers just because of the way they act and how like rowdy we get together. <laughs> Um, but like because they're still crazy. people because they're still yeah people. yeah like they're people and even if even if you want to say blue lives matter you know you can't equate somebody's job or somebody's occupation to somebody's life and the fact that you're getting mad that people are protesting over over lives being murdered by the police on accident or on purpose like it's crazy like what what job like what job uh, have you ever seen where you can kill somebody uh, whether or not they were innocent or not and get away with it you know like if you're if you're a person in the medical field anesthesiologist for example and um, you put somebody under, but you give them a little too much, or a little too much anesthesia than they need, and they pass. Like you lose your job, you get blacklisted, you don't get to work anywhere anymore, uh, you can't get a job in that field anymore. Um, what about for like a nurse um, giving people their medicine or giving them the right dosage of their medicine? You give them too much morphine, like person dies, what happens? You know, you lose your job and you get blacklisted and you can't do it anymore. Um, 
it's 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 crazy because we have these cops and these officers that kill people on accident or on purpose or just because they want to and they don't get punished for it and we're here like fighting for our lives every day when we can't take off our uniform like it's not something that's equivalent to to a person's life mm. great point i couldn't agree with you more i agree with that too man i don't know even in the military man like you don't kill the civilians right like you don't go after the civilians but it's crazy to think about that like they kill somebody they get they don't get blacklisted for it they literally get away with it like nothing happened and that's the scary part and that's the scary part when you think about it so rihanna taylor Ahmaud arbery george floyd all of those had witnesses or they had or they were recording okay think about this Every day there could be something like that happening that's not being recorded. Mm-hmm. Like the hangings in uh, Palmdale. Yeah. And or it's like situations like Michael Brown or Trayvon Martin or Oscar Grant. Um, like, <clears throat> it's crazy. The list goes on. Yeah. And, you know, it's just kind of sound kind of funny because, but so you guys, you guys know the song "Fuck the Police" by NWA. Yeah, so NWA. One of the reasons why they started rapping like that was because they were against police brutality. But because they kept on calling the cops out, people called it gangster rap. Mm-hmm. They wanted to call it reality rap because they were saying, this is what's happening in our neighborhoods. Their experience. This is, mm-hmm. like, there you go, our experience, right? Like not everyone's, not everyone's experience is the same as yours. And they were experiencing this every day and nobody was covering it. They just come into our neighborhoods, they see someone, they see someone of color on the street, they see someone just hanging out. They come in, they beat them up and they kill them. You know, I got to add something. I don't mean to interrupt you. I apologize. But so when they're saying, when NWA made that song, right? Fuck the police. They're not, even though it sounds they're generalizing everything, they're not. They're not saying the idea of police. They're talking about how police came into their neighborhoods and treated them in particular. They're talking about their experience with police. So for those people who don't agree with that song or never liked that song or looked down on that song and said, all oh, these guys are a bunch of thugs and blah, 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 blah. If that is the case, then this is where we go to the police reform now, right? Because the, the idea of policing our communities is very nice. It's an idea that I also agree with, right? We do need someone, someone to call and, you know, when there are actual bad guys, right? And doing call when something like that goes wrong, we're going to call the police. Exactly. But it's, but it's the people that are wearing those blue suits, the people um, that wear those blue suits, how they're acting when they're, when, they're, when they're interacting with other people and people in those communities. That's what they were referring to when they said, fuck the police. Yes. And other people out there don't understand that because, again, they have not experienced that. You don't get it. 
I just felt like I had to say that so people understand where that statement comes from. No, man, thank you for doing that because truth is they were, people go like, oh, these guys are just hoodlums. It's just like, no, they're rigging, uh, they're using their platform. You were yeah, they using their platform and they came out during a rough time. So NWA actually started during, roughly during the Rodney King riots, right? Mm-hmm. And they're basically expressing like how, like basically shit was happening where they grew up and how shit happens in communities like their community. And um, the reason why a lot of communities and a lot of people liked their music and agreed with their music was because they can relate to it. And um, that that was the thing. And um, in terms of, you know, what Joe was saying about how he agrees with policing, like, I agree with policing, but it depends on how they they act, you know? Like, police are supposed to be professionals, right? The people they encounter aren't professionals, you know? The people they encounter aren't people in blue suits. So what they have to do is act like a professional with that person. You know, you go to a restaurant and you have a, a waiter that's acting professional. They, they go to their table and uh, the people at their table are like, oh, like, this food sucks. Like, is there anything else I can do? And then that waiter doesn't go like, oh, well, you suck. That waiter's just like, oh, I'm sorry. Like, let me, let me fix that for you. What can I get for you, you know? And then they go do their job and then they come back and they, you know, they deal with it. And then like, you have pilots, like they fly their plane, they're a professional. They gotta fly that plane. Cause if they crash, what happens? You know, <laughs> like, yep. it is what it is. You can't have a few bad apples with an airplane pilot. Cause if you have a few bad apples, you're gonna have a few people die. <laughs> it's it's <laughs> as simple as that. And, and, you know, like, it's just- Mark Ben also said that too, right? Yeah, I, I think it was, uh, or Cat Williams. Uh, Chris Rock, actually. Chris Rock. Chris Rock. And, uh, it's crazy because, you know, like they're supposed to be a professional and people don't have to act professional with their interaction with professionals. But it's their job to be held at a higher standard than, uh, you know, regular non-professionals, I guess. If you want to put it that way, no, I, I I completely agree. There need that's where the reform comes in. Yeah. You know, I don't like um, where people are saying cancel the police. I don't want the police canceled, but there does need to be some reform, some some change of training. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, uh, certain situations that where they shouldn't be called, where somebody else should be called. You know, mm-hmm. um, so that 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 can create more jobs as well. Like instead of dealing with with people that have like mental illness. Um, they shouldn't do that. They should call like a psychologist or a psychiatrist, somebody who's trained to deal with those kind of people. Um, you have, you know, domestic disputes. The police don't always need to be called for that. You can call like a mediator, you know what I mean? Or, and maybe like one police officer or something, depending on on the scenario, right? But there's things that can change where, where I feel like in benefit of the police, right? To be fair to them, they have to deal with a bunch of different stuff that they may not necessarily be professionally 
capable of handling because they're not trained in those environments, right? So we got to think about that. But then if you're going into a situation with a bad attitude, then, you know, because you don't like the stuff that you're dealing with, then maybe you shouldn't be a police officer. Maybe you should go look for, for other employment. Maybe that's not the job for you. If you have a hard time connecting with people in that specific community that you have been assigned to watch over. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if you're going to, for people wondering, like, how can you connect with the community? How can you do that? Look at basketball cop. Who's that, basketball cop, Armando? So basketball cop is, he's over in, uh, I believe in, in Georgia. I think it's in Atlanta, but he, he was called one day to the neighborhood because some black kids were playing basketball. Uh-huh. So he gets out of this car. He 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 gets out of the police car. So I got I got a question for you real quick. So he was literally called over to stop some kids from playing basketball. That was what the complaint was. That was the complaint was that they were playing basketball. That the neighborhood kids were just making too much noise, I guess, and they were playing. Basketball. Oh, okay, okay. So it was a noise complaint because the kids were playing basketball, and then the cop came because of that. Yeah. So okay. the cop literally thought it was a. The cop thought it was ridiculous, so he gets he gets out of the car. He goes, "I heard you guys are, I heard you guys are making noise, but honestly, it looks like you guys are just having fun." And he just joins them. He's like, "Was it late at night that they were playing basketball?" It was the middle of the daytime. Okay, was that maybe like, it was that maybe like towards sundown, but 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 still daylight, right? So daylight. Okay, was out there with them, and he's like, you know what? And he just starts having a conversation with the kids. And he develops a relationship with the kids. So um, that was the first instance that he was hanging out with them. Then he found out that one of the kids got their basketball hoop stolen. So when he found out about that, he brought in a brand new hoop for them. And his surprise also, and also Shaquille O'Neal saw what happened with the cop. Mm-hmm. He has to come in and play bas- a pickup game of basketball with the kids. So I, I was like, that's that's what you want to see. What that's pretty cool. I wonder how he got Shaq to come through. Shaq saw the video on um, online, so he wanted to join them next time. Oh, that's cool, man. See, those are the kind of cops that we need in our community. That's too. what we need. Like, just like, and it's not so much that you buy stuff for it. It's just like bond with the kids. Like, he went out. He knew that it was ridiculous, and he he and he decided to make the best of it, and he got out to know the kids. And yeah, he, the kids are playing basketball. Somebody calls because they're making too much noise. Like. Even if it was nighttime, I'd rather have them play basketball than be doing some something mischievous. They're just playing basketball. What's wrong? They're being yeah. kids. And and he thought it was ridiculous too. He was like, I don't know why they called me out here. You guys are just like you're having fun. But you know what? Mind if I join you? He's he joins them and he's in his uniform. He's like, I'm not good at this. But he became known as basketball cop because of what he because of the fact that he actually made an effort to play with the neighborhood kids and he kept the relationship with them. That's that's the thing about uh policing you know uh, their whole motto is to protect and to serve you know mm-hmm. yes. and to serve the community well what community are they protecting and serving if they're not a part of it you know yes and um one of the ways i was talking to my police friends um i have like two or three police friends that are cops or whatever and they're asking me like how can we do our part to help, you know, the community and to help everyone. And 
um, one of the things I told them was like, hey, like you need to be a part of the community also, you know, you're there to protect and to serve the community. You got to be a part of the community. Um, you know, the community hold, host like uh, block parties or events instead of, you know, you know, standing outside and not doing it or not coming to be a part of it. Get to know everybody at those events. Get to know the community and the people that work there and the people that are there. Like, you live with these people. You like work with these people. You should know everybody that you work with, you know? Yes. And that's just that's just the way it is. And being able to have that bond with the community, you know, you might be able to help certain people in certain situations get out of those situations. Like if you were a cop in the Section 8 housing or whatever and you got to know kids that were in bad situations, you know, you might be able to benefit them in a way where you can guide them on the right path to become like a, a, a great officer like you would being known in the community, you know, and being able to provide that opportunity for the people in the community. Uh, and it, it's just, that's the way it is, you know. And I agree with you on that one, you know. And there's some cops. I think, Joe, do you remember that video that you sent me on Instagram, where those cops were invited to a to a Mexican party? Oh yeah, that was on. They weren't, the, they weren't that, invited, but they they were that, called. And then that, they was on, that was on Facebook. Yeah, there was a there was a um, a Latin family. I believe they were Mexican, and they were having a party during the day. wasn't wasn't at nighttime. And they again got called for a noise complaint from some neighbors. You know, because they were playing la loud music, and the cops showed up, and then they just go talk to them, like, "Man, these people ain't doing nothing wrong. They're having a party, and it's during the day. The sun is out. It's not like it's late at night and they're disturbing the peace. It's during the day." So they they just talked to the family, and they said, "Hey, you know what? We got called over here for a noise complaint, but you guys are good. Keep doing what you're supposed to do. This is ridiculous, right?" And the cops leave, and then the family invited them in. Hey, would you, would you guys like to come in and you know maybe have like some some food? So they gave them a plate of food. The cops went in the back, started dancing a little bit with the family. Yeah, and, then, and, and then the family the family made them a plate of food. And both of these cops were white dudes. Cool. Yeah, and the best, yeah. part was, best part was one of the cops, like, he's like, I don't want to leave. I don't, but apparently I got to go do another call. Yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> they the, were best part, a good time. the best part, though, was when they're leaving, the cop can't stop dancing. He's still dancing to all the back. Like, with his plate of food in his hand? Uh, <laughs> gigging. Nah, but that was cool though. Like that those, was cool. Those, I love watching that. Those are the kind. Of, those are the kind of police officers that we need. Like you get called for something ridiculous. This is this is this is dumb. If if you build if you build relationships with people in the community, just like you were saying, Johnny L, right? No matter no matter what it is, people that live in that community. Hey, you know I'm officer so and so, right? You guys need any help? Give me a call. You know, and you go and. And you don't you don't get people in trouble for ridiculous things. You just say, hey, you know what, I'm giving you a warning or whatever the case may be, depending on what the offense is or what the calls for. People start to trust you. Hey, that's Officer So and So. We know him. He's cool. You know what I mean? People trust you. You build relationships, just like you were saying. Get closer together, and then you know some of them will end up being the glue of the community too. You know? Yep. And um, like like you were saying, like for people getting called for a noise complaint, like in the morning and their party's like already in the afternoon. You can just be like, hey, like, keep doing what you're doing, you're not in trouble. I just wanna let you know, the next time you guys have a party, try not to start so early. Like, yeah, start, like, you know, at like noon or something. So your neighbors over here don't complain or whatever, and you'd be cool. And then I leave or do whatever, you know? 
like it, it's it's not it's not that hard to get to know people it's it's harder to be angry the whole day and let your your emotions determine how you're gonna do your job yeah. you know it's too much energy to waste man yeah rather than enjoying what you do enjoying the community enjoying your life you know it's it's ridiculous sometimes <laughs> i just really? just love that that video though and there was another one that i saw where uh, i think it was also like around socal he gets called and they're like oh my god am i doing something wrong officer and he's like apparently having fun is wrong but you know what okay i just took this they said that there was a party going on so i figured I'd take this case just because I, I was hoping I'd get invited. And he stayed and he just hung out with him. <laughs> That's cool, man. Like it's it's ridiculous, dude. But uh some of those stuff, you you know, what 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 are they called? Um uh what do they call that lady that called the cops on those people at the park Karen. with me? Karen. <laughs> you, you, you get a lot of you get a lot of uh Karen's and, and Kevin's around, I guess. I don't know. But <laughs> being one of those police officers where you understand these people aren't doing nothing, anything wrong you just got these people that are complaining these other people that are complaining for no reason are going to start to get the hint you know like okay I'm, I'm i'm calling the cops and the cops aren't doing anything and then when they ask you like you know what you're you're being somebody who is uh tr you're trying to disturb the peace because you're calling cops on these people who aren't doing anything you know, and you're wasting our time when we actually need to go out there and catch real bad guys. Attack their yeah. You know what I'm saying? Uh, they uh, they made a law like that in uh, New York recently. Uh, I forgot the acronym or whatever, but it's basically uh, a law for people that call the police uh, for basically no reason, and they lie as like a hate crime. Uh, mm -hmm. Uh, um, the lady with her dog in Central Park. Oh yeah, Amy Cooper. I think it was. Uh, now doing things like that, you can get arrested for as a hate crime. <laughs> so it's it's well, interesting. They, they so, should apply that to other states and cities and stuff, and get that done. <laughs> I think so, I but I think. I know there's a lot of work that needs to be done. Uh, I wouldn't say to cancel the police, but I would say to reform the police or defund the police for reform. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of talking and a lot of things that we got to do as a community and as a group of people to get that done. So November 3rd, last day to vote, get those ballots in, get your stuff in and, uh, your thing <laughs> there it is speaking, there it is. Like it. speaking of voting here's a topic that you know that joe knows very well that i never i never like talking about right joe i don't know we're gonna see what is it <laughs> our fearless i can't even say <laughs> say what fearless <laughs> leader donald j trump um, excuse me mr you said our? That's not mine. <laughs> Hasn't been mine for four years. <laughs> yeah, 
you saw me laugh when I was saying it, man. He is not a freaking, he's not fearless. He's not my president. Hey, man, uh, I just got to keep it real. Whether we like him or not, he is the president of the United States. But yeah. I, 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 I feel what y'all are saying, though. <laughs> I feel what you're saying, though. Like we said, November 3rd, make that vote count. But uh, what were, what were you going to say about him, Armando? Well, she, there's so much to cover with him, right? So we talk about the cops. We talk about all of this. Like, quit trying to present yourself as someone who's about law and order when you don't even follow the law yourself. And two, he's he hasn't helped anything with this. He's instead he's using it to his advantage. We talked, we've gone over protests, we talked about rioting, we talked about all that. He groups all of them together. And he has this, and he's spreading this quote unquote belief that Black Lives Matter is Marxist. And he his followers, his base are eating it up and it's so, basically what you're asking us is how do we feel about donald trump in uh, relation to systemic racism and the racism in the united states yep cool okay do you want to go first do you want me to go first What's going on? The thing is, I said I said a lot about him. I got plenty to say, but since you're the guest and you're not here as much, I want to hear what you got to say because I also know I'm also excited to hear you having from the air for this one. Um, so I can chill, people. First of all, fuck that guy. But all jokes aside, um, <laughs> all jokes aside, uh, I I personally think. He is an evil person. Um, yeah. uh, when it comes to um, systemic racism and racism in America, um, one uh, key thing that uh, one key thing that kind of um, brought that to light to everyone in America was his presidential debate or whatever, um, with him not denouncing white supremacy and uh, what's it called? And calling out the Proud Boys to stand by or stand watch or stand by, something like that. Yeah, he and, said, stand back and stand by. Proud Boys stand yeah. back and stand by. I was yeah. so and That surprised a lot of people. But in my opinion, like, I wasn't surprised. Like, I was like, oh, well, you know, just a white supremacist being a white supremacist. And that's who he is. So I, I, I wasn't surprised by what he said based off of how he's presented himself throughout the four years he was in office. Um, and with that being said, he calls all these other groups like the Black Lives Matter and Tifa, all these other like groups and communities, terrorists and terrorist communities and all this like crazy nonsense some, for some of them. And uh, he won't denounce like the KKK or the Proud Boys or call them terrorist groups. 
and we have like leaders of those terrorist groups in every part of the country and like one of them is in front of the palace of fine arts lives like right across the street from the palace of fine arts in san francisco that's still, uh, that's still it's crazy and, uh, like we're one of the most liberal places in america and it's crazy uh, but with with that being said i think now is a really important time to take a look at everything he's done as a president and take a look at like the things that have changed for everyone and how interesting it is that we've actually been on a downtrodding path instead of a uplifting route you know um this guy's slogan is make america great again but for people of color like when has america ever been great you know you want to talk about oh america has been great for you know this black person and this black person this specific black person or this specific person of color like okay cool this person got rich that's fine but what what communities and what people of color do you know that have created wealth? There's a difference between being rich and being wealthy. Being rich, okay, you have a lot of money for a certain amount of time for something that you do. But being wealthy is you have a lot of money and you're able to create that money consistently without having to worry about anything. <laughs> we have people like LeBron James. He's rich, and I mean it, he's rich. That guy has a lot of money, but like, where does the wealth come in? Because basically, he's still working under the white man, right? He's still getting a paycheck from the white man. He's not, he's not the one that's controlling all of everything. And you can see this, I know it's weird, it's coming from Kunye, but you know, he's trying to fight for the rights of his music, and the stuff that he owns, I, I'm sorry, I call him Kunye because he said slavery was a was a choice. When, uh, yikes! Uh, I don't even want to get into that. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, it's 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 crazy because uh, you know there's a lot of things that people aren't taking account for and people aren't looking at that they aren't understanding that he shouldn't be the person in office and he shouldn't be the one controlling our nation like look at his taxes dude like <laughs> 750 for two years dollars in taxes he pays less taxes than people that work to save people's lives you know people in the medical field people in basically any field pay more than $750 for, for their taxes. And granted, he might have a crazy accountant and tax team or whatever, but, you know, like, he recently catched COVID-19, right? Now, we're looking at how he's 
recovering or whatever. Um, everything that he's done or everything that he's received in uh, treatment or whatever has been funded by taxpayer money. So out of the $750 that he pays in tax, Where, uh, who's the one actually paying for his uh, treatment? It's I'm us. just saying. It's us. We're the ones that are paying you. He, this dude doesn't. <laughs> he can't uh, get yeah. paid. And it's like, dude, like, the one thing that he doesn't want anyone talking about in his campaign is COVID. He doesn't want anyone talking about the coronavirus or his, more specific more specifically his handling of it or his fumbling he wants no one to talk about it because that everyone knows that, that he's he's fucked up tremendously on there but now with him getting sick and here's the thing because he's such a liar and i don't trust anything that he says there could be a decent chance that he probably doesn't even have it granted i think he does but he also because i figured but at the same time, you got to figure out, like, why would he try to faint? Like, I mean. Nah, yeah. he, he it. It's the treatment that he got and the way that he got it. It's not, uh, it's not provided for everybody else. And oh, we, as normal people in society, don't have the resources to obtain that treatment. And, um. Like, I'm not saying that he's health, healthy and already, you know, free of the coronavirus, but it's, he's it's not. the process that he went through compared to the process that we all have to go through for, for it. And um, throwing, just throwing this out there because it's been counted um, 34 times. 34 times this guy has said, oh, don't worry about the coronavirus. It will go away. 34 times exact and uh, it's crazy because now we're here um, 200 and I believe like five days later <laughs> yeah <laughs> and look who caught the coronavirus <laughs> and it, oh, sorry, it will go away and it won't go away <laughs> and here's the thing though it's so there's, there's conspiracies out there that, like he's doing this to avoid the debate because he looks so bad in the first one. <laughs> Possibly. Possibly. But here's the thing, though. He, the last thing that he wants anyone talking about is the coronavirus because he hasn't handled it very well. And that's an understatement. He's handled it horribly. There's still a ton of cases and we're, we haven't even gotten to the second wave yet. And not only that, but it brought it back into the back into the national spotlight at the wrong at the most the worst time frame. We're literally less than a month from the election. That's the one thing that everyone disapproves of is, is the fact that he did not handle it well. And now that he has it, it further it further like it doubles down on his lack of his lack of responsibility. And, and not and not handling it well and not taking it seriously 
because now he's dealing with it. So, and the thing that's crazy about it is, so he's like, oh, I'm feeling great, I'm feeling good, right? He's still in the early stages. Mm-hmm. Wait, so right now we're, we're on, we're, it's Tuesday today. Wait till about Friday and let's see how he's feeling then. Because uh-huh. they call it the honeymoon period, that first couple of days, right? And then also when you get on the drugs, you feel good for a while, but then you you fall off a cliff in the next in the next week and a half or so. So he's still got he, and he's in a vulnerable group. So we're gonna see if he really because he's he's all about the appearance of appearing strong. He's a narcissist. He he really is. So in his mind, he's about being appearing strong. That he has to he wants to be like he wants to beat the coronavirus because he feels that that's gonna be. What gets him reelected? But the truth is, he's what he's done is that he's brought in, he brought up to the national spotlight his mishandling what the worst pandemic we've had in the last hundred years. Um, I think it comes to show how how poorly he's handling the situation based off of the way he's handling it with himself. Um, So it's actually, he actually got the coronavirus. He knew he had it on the Saturday before, um, before the, the, um, what's it called? Yeah. And um, when he knew, he didn't say anything until after the debate and then with that being said uh a few republicans that were at his i guess his press conference or something yeah, for, the, for the supreme court judge nominee mm-hmm, ended up contracting COVID 19. a lot uh, of yeah and then um when they went to the debate uh, Donald Trump never told anyone, didn't tell Biden's party, didn't tell the opposing party, didn't tell um, the moderator or whatever that he contracted COVID-19. And he was late. He didn't, he was too late for the testing too. He got, he yeah. got there so late that he didn't actually get to um, take the test. But you want to see the list? You want to see the list of some of the people that got sick? Sure. So Donald and Melania Trump, Chris Christie, Ron Johnson, Senator Ron Johnson, and uh, among others, Kaylee McEnany just got announced yesterday. So that's a that's quite a bit of people from his uh, his inner group that got sick, and there's more too that that also got sick as well. So it's possible. The downside is that he, it's a possibility that. So, so far, Joe Biden has tested negative, but it's possible that he could be sick. But the thing is, he's not out of the woods yet. People can say, oh, he's getting this, he's getting this kind of treatment that he's okay, that he it. but at the same time, you gotta, you gotta really, COVID is a different animal, man. Uh, he, he also, What's it called? 
he also did a PR stunt that put other people's lives in danger. Yeah. Um, he wanted to be discharged from um, the hospital when he was positive. He still is positive, but he wanted to be discharged from the hospital um, uh, for a day or whatever, whatever day it was. I forgot what day it was, but he wanted to be discharged from the hospital. And the hospital said no, because he still had COVID-19 and it was dangerous for him to, to not be there. Um, they came up with a compromise to let him drive um, with drive around in his you know presidential car or whatever and that's the thing that that bothers me you know it's like you put the people around you's lives at risk just so you can be seen in a car driving down the street. Like, yes, it's a bulletproof car. Yes. Yes, air from outside can't go inside and outside or inside air can't go outside. But how many other people were in that car with you? You had two Secret Service officers and I'm pretty sure there were other people in the car with you also so everybody that was in that vehicle with you is at risk because of the circulating air right and the air that's in the vehicle and now these these secret service officers have to quarantine for 14 days get tested see if they have it risk their lives and possibly die um you know risk their family's lives if they have one you know and now it's spreading again you know, I'm just saying, you know, like it is what it is. That's that 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 that's that's what's going on. And then I think last night was it when he returned back to the White House? Yeah, he looked like shit too. And he was like, Oh, I'm better, I might be immune. And <laughs> I was like, immune, bro, like you can't you're, breathe. Like for for air, you're like <laughs> I'm like, bro, what's going on? Like and um, the crazy thing for me was, as soon as he entered the White House, he took his mask off. Yeah. And there, there are so many people at work in the White House. Like, there are people who are like his chef, people that cook, the people that are the cleaners, the people that take care of the house. The and people that um, it was reported also that the people that maintain the White House have tested positive for COVID. So they're quite yeah. too. So it seems like it's really hitting the Republicans harder right now or anyone that was really close to him. And it's hitting them hard. And there was, it's crazy, man. Like I'm just looking at all these, uh, all of these things that he's that he knows. He's like, oh, I know so much more about COVID now. I'm like, well, if you knew enough about it, then you would realize quarantine, full stay, stay in your room. Mm -hmm. So it's instead he he needs to be seen by people. He needs that attention, and that goes back to that that personality disorder. That he is really mentally ill. Yeah. He, that's, me that's, that's that's narcissism, and that's also 
him being a sociopath because he doesn't care about the others. He's endangering everyone. And apparently, the Pentagon is also having to having to break out as well right now. Yikes! Exactly. So this is a dangerous time too because not only do we not have leadership, apparently today, so for those who are waiting for another stimulus, um, Trump called off the meetings until after the election. Yeah, he uh, did that today. So like, oh, uh, we're gonna hold everything until after the election. <laughs> he's basically saying, if you want more money, vote for me. Mm-hmm. Hmm. So, so that's so for people who are look, I'm not a fan of Trump. Johnny L's not a fan of Trump. Yo, are you a fan of Trump? Um not really. He's nice guy, see. And it doesn't matter if you're a Republican or Democrat or Independent or Green Party or Libertarian. It's not about that. It's about the fact that this dude has, he's very, very selfish. He is he does not think about anyone other than himself. He's endangering all of us. And he's the main source, according to the I think it was the Washington Post, did a piece on him a couple of weeks ago where they said the biggest source of misinformation on coronavirus is Donald Trump himself. So a lot of people that are listening to this, including, including the three of us, we're, a lot of us are in California where we're having a lot of issues with the wildfires. And, mm. and it's, because we, it's because we gotta rake our forest, bro. <laughs> I know. We need, we need better <laughs> forest management, bro. Same all, the, trees. All, 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 the, all the states that that rake their forests and do have better forest management. They don't have wildfires like us. Because <laughs> their trees don't explode like ours do. And they gotta, they gotta rake their leaves and clean their trees. Gotta, gotta rake their leaves, bro. It, it, even though the state parks are um, federally owned, it's up to the state to rake their leaves, but yeah. Yeah, and he's, oh, the air quality over here is really, has been real. It fluctuates, and either it could be clear for a couple of hours, it could be okay, and then I don't know where it'll just get horrible. Mm-hmm. Not too long ago, I, I think it was a month now, when um, the screen, the the sky was bright orange. I think that was weeks ago, something like that. Yeah, well, it didn't feel like too long ago, but it was man, it was so weird to see yeah. the orange. I don't know. The movie Book of Eli. Yeah. With Tina. Yeah. Uh, this guy that day um, reminded me of that movie. And I was like, oh shit. Reminded me of Apocalypse Now. Man, it was Apocalypse <laughs> Now. It was because so, I remember waking up. I actually slept in that day. And I woke up around like 10 or something like that. I'm looking outside the window. I'm like, did I sleep? Yes, I sleep too early last night, or I thought it was still like I thought it was like ten o'clock at night or eleven p.m. And I'm looking at the clock, and this is eleven a.m. And I look outside, and I'm I'm wondering if I'm tripping because it looked so it was the air was so uh, bad that day. 
but it was dark. Mm-hmm. And there was ash everywhere. Mm-hmm. It was one of the trippiest days I've ever seen. I'm like, man, I don't know how anyone can deny that climate change is a real thing, man, because that, and I'll, remember when uh, we were in biomechanics? That's, mm-hmm. that's when the wildfires were also happening. Remember how bad it was? Remember how bad it was on campus that you couldn't see the top of the buildings, and they actually mm-hmm. had school for that week. Yeah, this one was worse, dude. Like way worse. Like I, I slept. I swear, I slept at like three in the morning that day, and then, um, like before I was falling asleep, I have cameras around my house because, uh, long story, but. Anyways, <laughs> I was looking at the cameras and uh, like I saw like these little like, they look like water droplets. It looked like it was like misty outside, you know? And then uh, I go to sleep. I wake up at like six in the morning. So I had like three hours of sleep. I don't recommend doing that. Um, <laughs> That's a little too familiar for I looked outside and like, it was still like dark bluish outside but my car was covered in ash and i was like oh shit like what is that what the fuck like what's going on and then um i go take a shower i get ready for the day and my mom's like hey like go pick up your auntie and uh bring her home so i go outside i'm looking outside the sky is orange and red and i'm like what the hell is going on out here and then i start driving and get on the freeway it was so it was so ashy and smoky and stuff that like you couldn't see like the freeway in front of you. You had to go so slow that it was worse than a rainy day. Like That's it was crazy. really bad. Yeah. It was crazy. And I was picking her up from the dentist downtown. And when you get downtown, like you didn't know where the you didn't know where the buildings ended. You didn't know where the buildings went. Like you saw like the first three windows, and you're like, oh, cool. Lit. Where where is everything? The mall you couldn't tell that it was like a two story mall. Like the Transamerica building, you didn't even know where it was. You couldn't see it. The flood building, you couldn't see it. The Hobart building, you couldn't see it. Like it was crazy. It felt like a weird dream, man. It felt like. It did feel post. It felt like apocalyptic, man. It was really weird watching. Going, I went outside because um, I had to. We had to move the cars, so I was. So I moved the car, and I'm like, "What the like?" I the amount of ash on the car was so thick. It felt like uh, dried cement almost. Yeah, and it was so surreal watch like looking at it i could have sworn i was like man maybe i'm still dreaming maybe i'm still asleep but it was so trippy like the way it looked outside it was bright orange and it felt like it was nighttime yeah just that california weather man that's it we got it some 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 we got to deal with if we don't uh if we don't have better park management and rake our leaves that's what's going to (laughs) happen Oh, the only way to do that is get better federal federal funding. Hey. So, I know, right? Because so. here's the thing: federal the, the federal government is owns a lot of the uh, owns a lot of the uh, forests and a lot of the uh, parks and all the trees out here. 
So, yeah. and it's vote, 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 because we're entering, we're entering the winter, man. And I'm not gonna lie to you, man. Wind, flu season and COVID, man, that sounds like chaotic, <laughs> if you ask me, man. Let's be, um, let's be a little bit, bit more optimistic. Numbers yeah. are going down for California, for us. For us, they are. For us, they I are. Think they're going down for everybody out there listening to us across the globe, across the U.S. But uh, so let's be a little bit more optimistic. Things are starting to open up where we're at in the Bay Area, Alameda County, or at least where I'm at. I know you guys are on the other side, fellas, and in the city. Uh, but uh, things are starting to open up. And in the Bay Area, Alameda County has been one of the most strictest. So it's very, very small, very subtle openings, but it's happening. So let's be optimistic. Well, and I think it's also because we actually have beer. We also have leadership that's responsible about it, you know? They're, if California is like, oh, you can move up, you can you can get out of this rank, out of this tier, you can actually move up. They're like, screw that. We're going to do it on our own time. We're going to take our time. And I think they've handled it correctly. Because a lot of truth is, man, there's a lot of, look at Florida. My cousin, my cousin is, uh, my cousins, my cousins are over there. And one of my cousins, he goes, he goes, man, you guys, you guys did it right over here. We're, we're so irresponsible because the governor Ron DeSantis took off all of the uh, restrictions, and he's and it's kind of dangerous to do that right now because they're not far from being having a lot of cases, and their cases are going up again. I mean, in terms of California, um, for COVID nineteen, we've been doing pretty good. Um, been doing pretty good, yeah. Uh, I feel like, well, it's not. I feel like I know that uh, for most of our cases, uh, has kind of been LA. Um, they've been getting at least half of everything in California, but they have a lot of foot traffic and it's a lot of, it's, it's more of one of those touristy areas. So, I mean, it only makes sense in a way, uh, but with, how strict everyone's being and how we're moving things and moving along. I don't think it's going to be here for much longer, but I think it's going to be a, it's definitely going to be a change and it's definitely going to be something we need to, you know, work on. I would say, I think uh, next year things start getting a little more normal. Let's hope so, man. And, um, yeah. Um, <laughs> Come November 4th, I believe, right? Go vote. November 3rd. Oh, November 3rd. There it is. Thanks for there the oh, Go November 4th because that's going to be too late. <laughs> yeah. Well, hopefully you got the mail, the uh, mail-in ballots that you get in at home because I know. And by the way, if you do got those mail-in ballots, you can also you, you can mail them back. But there's also drop boxes and voting centers that you guys can go drop them off. Yeah. And if you are mailing them. Mail them two weeks before November 3rd, two weeks before, because um, that's how long it takes to get to where it needs to go. Exactly. Um, but um, right now, there are some poll areas that are open. I know if you're in San Francisco in the city, 
Um, you could go to Civic Center, um, basically whenever now. Uh, Civic Center has a giant voting area on right in front of Bill. Uh, it's right in front of Bill Graham, so if you need a vote, you can go there. Oh, if you want, because of this dude messing with the, the post office, if you don't trust or the postal service, if you don't trust it, you trade in your mail ballot and you can vote in person there. Yeah. There you there you go. We got we got multiple ways to do it. Um, man, I, I feel like this today was a great talk, fellas. We went over a lot of really, really good, important topics. Um, shed, I hope that we shed some light on them for everybody out there, you know, gave a little bit of facts, some opinion. Um, and hopefully you guys feel where we're coming from, what we're saying. And we hope that you enjoyed the show. But I got to get out of here because I got to get ready for my next client. Leave it to Joe to always ruin the show. <laughs> I, I hope people don't feel that way but are they might we're starting to have fun we're starting to make some real progress oh I gotta go because I gotta spar oh I gotta go because I gotta, I gotta tie my hair up oh I gotta go because I gotta climb hey man uh, I got things to do big dog bro this is the adapt session number one to touch on what Joe said though uh, if we did show some light and if you guys do have any questions, um, don't be afraid to DM us, uh, direct message, or uh, contact us. Uh, you could DM me at Dynamite on Instagram or Dynamite Workouts, whatever is more convenient for you. Uh, but yeah. If you want to DM me, you can, you can DM me at Armando underscore J415. Joe, what's your information? Fitness.mindset.ca for California. Or jsaucy25. That's my personal account. So I got some more questions about voting. You guys got some more questions about this or anything involving the show. Maybe a future topic you guys want us to cover. Maybe expand on. We're more than open. We'd love to have you guys and we'd love to welcome your ideas, okay? And uh, thank you for joining us for this very um, real talk, very real topics. The uncomfortable conversations, as they like to call them. And uh, we're going to sign out. All right. Take care, everybody. Take care, team. Stay up. <laughs>